And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood is done again! Has a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast, and we should be talking about uh, the game at Coventry. But instead, we're going to spend half an hour talking about the pitch, whose fault it was, because. Why not? <laughs> um, thankfully, we do have a game to preview. We are going to look ahead to the the, um, the game that's building up to be the game that nobody's interested in, the Port Vale game in the League Cup on Wednesday. Um, mix, I'm sure you can all feel mixed excitement coming through your ears. Come on. <laughs> and He'll be even happier when I tell him what referee is as well. Um, okay. oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> we'll come on to all that nonsense. Uh, we have full hours. We've got myself, we've got Mick. Hello, Mick. Hello, you all right? Benjamin's back with us in his yellow Hello. shirt. Yes. And Danny's back with us as well in his retro shirt. Oh, Danny. Hello, how are we all doing? Yeah, we're all right, I think. Um, let's, get through, let's get through the complaining part because this looks quite a lot unpacked, to be honest with you. Um, but first of all, we will start by saying a big shout and thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Athletic Green, um, who help out with daily nutritional, as we say. AG1, which is their sort of drink that they um, they help with, AG1 is, is they call it a small microhabitat with big benefits. You do it one thing, one a day, and it takes a massive benefit to you. Uh, and as Mick always says, Mick, <laughs> it's a big benefit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, except for COVID, like I say. I must mm. reiterate that it doesn't <laughs> cure COVID. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, it also supports better sleep quality and recovery, um, which is obviously very, very important recovery as well. Um, mm. So yeah, we 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 love Athletic Green. So thank you very much for them for helping us out with the with the making of the episodes. And to make it easy, Athletic Green are going to give everybody who purchases free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with the first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Rotherham and I'll just take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you very, 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 very what much. What an absolute deal that is. I know. I know. <laughs> um, what is not a great deal 
is the fact that Coventry don't own their stadium, um, which has some repercussions, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> um, so we recorded on Thursday, and at the time we knew there were problems with pitches with the pitch itself. We didn't know how bad to be honest with you. I think we all I think we all assumed the game was going to go on, um, and that you know it would, it would just be a bit of a, a just a poor quality game. Um, Danny. Basically, less than 24 hours after we started recording, the murmurs started coming out that there could be a serious problem in terms of the, the game going ahead. And it played out that way. No no, no game uh, deemed unsafe uh, by the referee with pitch. Yeah. Um, I had the, uh, the privilege to talk to <clears throat> Radio Coventry before, uh, while previewing the game on Saturday morning. Um, with none other than a friend of the podcast, Mr. Ben Pringle, which was... Uh, a bit of a surprise when they introduced it. Um, but yeah, even they were talking about <clears throat> how bad the pitch was. And um, and I think on either Friday or Saturday, they had an unofficial inspection. And that referee deemed it unfit. And yeah, then Saturday at six o'clock, officially unfit. Um, it looked a little bit better in the official mm. pictures that they released. But then when you had the zoom-ins, it's like... It was just going bare in the middle of the pitch. And there were a few divots about that were better suited as pop goals, really, because there were just deep divots in the pitch. And after looking at all the pitches, yeah, you can't really play on that. If the pitch is dry, then you might be able to get away with it. But when you've got ankle-breaking divots, you just have to call it off, really. It's a shame, um, but it's all sorts of drama, really on Coventry's end to do with Wasps and the EFL and unfortunately we've just been wrapped up in it and it's cost us playing on Sunday but ah well it turns Preston into the first proper away then true ah, well. yeah it does um, yeah there's obviously this is obviously mainly Coventry's problem this, <coughs> this is a problem they've got to deal with for the next 23 league games plus however many cup games they deal with but it obviously has a knock and effect Mick you've got people this is the first away game of the season which meant more people would have been going to Coventry had this been in February or October or anything mm-hmm. like because the first away game. Um, you get coach travel, coach Coney's losing out on cash because the coaches aren't going to go. Uh, you get people paid of train fares and some, some people might not be able to get a refund. If people, some people have paid for pre-parking, unlikely to get a refund. And because the next game will be in a midweek game, there's less chance that they'll be likely to go. Um so it's just an absolute pig and a pain. I know it's unavoidable, but at the same time, it's really frustrating. And at a time when people can't afford to be losing out on money, a lot of people are going to lose out on money. Yeah, I mean, I think the first question is, is it unavoidable? Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's probably the key question. But you look across social media and, and everybody is annoyed about it. You know, Rotherham fans, obviously. Coventry fans, obviously. Coventry management, obviously. If you dig a little bit deeper, Wasp fans also not happy about it. You know, everybody is not happy about it. So the question, like I say, is: is it, was it unavoidable? Well, it's not unavoidable, is it? It's, it's definitely not because we they, they knew in plenty of time, however they are, um, that these games are going to be played in the Commonwealth Games on the run up to the season. If the Commonwealth Games had a lease on the stadium till the 14th of August, that already overlaps the first two weeks of the season. So it was known 
that this was going to be an issue. It was known a long time ago. So I, I'd, it's just it's, it's, it's a bit embarrassing for, for Coventry City Football Club, and I, I personally don't blame them necessarily for this. It's not the it's not their fault. It's not their ground. They have no sort of um, nothing they can do in terms of trying to make the pitch playable. It's just it's just a shambles. It is an absolute shambles. Um, but who's to blame? I don't, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm. I'm not one ben, for. I'm. I'm not one for letting yeah. EFL off the hook. But I don't know. Is it their fault? Go on, Ben. You we'll tell us. Delve into, we'll delve into Ben. What, what are your just general thoughts before we delve in a bit more technical in detail um, about it? Who's that? Who called it off? Who who makes referee. decisions? Referee. I think it was the referee who was scheduled to ref on Sunday. So, so the, an unofficial inspection was taken on Friday by a qualified referee. Um, he deemed it unsafe to play, but allowed, basically allowed 24 hours to fix it. And then the Sunday, Sunday referee came down and, for my understanding, did, did a proper inspection. How bad is it if, if you can't play football on it? How bad is the, it? The, the, the problem Could... seems to be is that Danny says there's divots all over the shop. And it's dry, so so dry. And people compare it to the Wednesday thing where there was lots of sand, but that there wasn't. It wasn't hard. It wasn't so hard that you could just roll your ankle and there you go. It was quite. That's, that was obviously a very soft pitch because the, the sand helped it out. This was, a, from my understanding, was rock solid, and I assume they've sprinkled it for 48 hours straight, and it's still not helped with to. to how is that? How, how is that physically possible? Not a groundsman, I don't know. It can't be physically possible. Sure, it, it, physically, scientifically, that can't be possible. For me, play a game at whatever pitch, but if referee don't want to, <laughs> referee don't want, referee don't want to do, or referee don't want to do, does it? It's a safety off, issue. Isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I, I know, but it, football's a safety issue. Sports is a safety issue. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's all right saying that. But if we play, if we if we ended up playing him and I don't know Dan Barlasser rolls his ankle, snaps it, and he's out for season because pitch were dry and there were bubbles all yeah. over the place, we'd be we'd be singing a different tune. You'd be singing a different tune then. Well, I wouldn't because if I wouldn't because you accept that fact that when you play sports that could happen. If you don't want to roll your ankle, don't play a game. If you want to opt out of the game, you want to play, play a game. <laughs> I think, not, I think I wouldn't. I'd just say I wouldn't opt out of the game. I would be annoyed because I would want to play regardless of. The team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, get that. So I don't get why we can't play then. Because it was likely to damage people. I think it's the right decision, personally. Looking at it, the right decision to call it off. I don't mm-hmm. think that. I don't think the decision to call it off is 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 in question personally. Um. Uh, the, the decision to play however many games of rugby on it in two in the two weeks on the run up to the start of the season is is the is the questionable decision. How can they uh, play rugby on it then? Well, the stadium's bad, owned by Wasps Rugby Union. Yeah, but, I mean, if it's it. that bad, why can't we play football? If they can play, well, no, it, 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 it's bad football? because they played rugby on it. So they but played something the like I think that, that, mm. that was like something like sixty-seven games in three days. Danny, something like that at the Commonwealth Games. Am I right in saying? Something crazy. Yeah, uh, they they played the entire group stage through to gold medal, and then they had the uh, the rest of the ranking games as well. So I think it came to about sixty five, if you include the women's tournament as well, hmm. which is an absolutely insane amount of games to play on it, in, in even in space for a week. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just it's just the it's legit the volume of traffic that's done the pitching. It's not the drainage or the weather or anything. It's just volume of traffic. It's like um, look at Rodney Parade, for example. Mm. Uh, they host the football and the rugby, and that pitch looks damaged all the time, really. Now, if you condense those two seasons into the space of a week, no wonder the pitch is completely screwed. Mm. Um, I mean, one thing would be while where other venues explored to lighten the loads on the CBS arena, you know, could they have split it between two venues potentially? Um, or like we alluded to. They knew there'd be the overlap. Why didn't Coventry apply to have the first three games away, for example, like Chef United did with the women's Euros? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a bad situation. Yeah, it is. It is. So, to sort of let him is not seeing the, the statements, the it was of Lim Coventry, Coventry building essentially was from the EFL. The, the story goes that the Commonwealth Games have exclusivity on the stadium, exclusive tenancy of the stadium until the 14th of August. Now, I'm not sure why, because they've finished. But anyway, they did have exclusivity on the stadium until the 14th of August. Then the EFL and Coventry seem to have decided that we, they are still going to try and play the games there during that period where technically, the technical Coventry aren't tenants, I suppose, technically, for that for that period of it. Um yeah, if uh, for me, make it, it depends on it because the story the story goes. I've loved the commentary podcast. They said there was talk in the in the close season that they were going to reverse the fixture, hmm. and then it wasn't. Now we don't know who's made that decision because they do allow it. Dan Dan's already mentioned they did it with Sheffield United. They've done it yeah. loads of times for numerous different reasons for different clubs where they have allowed essentially uh, three away games on a row on a row each start of season. For mm. exceptional circumstances, so why not this search? search? Uh, that strikes me as it's come from Coventry. I don't see why the EFL would stop that. That, that. that feels like a Coventry decision, a club decision, obviously. It does feel that way, doesn't it? There, there, there will be no reason, uh, had Coventry asked the question, mm. um, that that you could see that the EFL would 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 say no. Uh, so the question is, did they ask? If they didn't, then then it's down to them. Yeah. Um, if if they did, and the AFL said no, then th- there needs to be some sort of clarity on that, I guess. But ultimately, the bottom line is that as of three o'clock or six o'clock last night, nobody outside of Rotherham and Coventry cares. They're not interested. No. The the AFL don't give a monkeys. Nobody cares. Wasps have got all the money that they needed from hosting this oh, from yeah. the Commonwealth Games, so they're happy. Um, it's just Rotherham fans, Coventry fans, Rotherham United FC, Coventry City FC are the ones that are left fed up and annoyed about it. But outside of that sort of uh, cohort, nobody else gives the monkeys, do they? Nobody cares. No. Uh, so nothing will be done about it, I'm sure. Yeah, Twitter cared for about half an hour yesterday, laughing because somebody had a game called up in August. That's about yeah. the extent of the caring, isn't it? I'm saying nobody, nobody. I'm saying that nothing will happen about it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see EFL sanction Coventry for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Co- yeah. Coventry will have received a fine for a game being called off within 48 hours. I, mean, I think that's how it works. I think it's mm. a, it's a, you've been naughty fine 48 hours. It's a bigger fine being 24 hours, and I think it's within two hours 
that it's classed as a, a forfeit, I think. So then if it was, a, say, for example, if Coventry had called it off at, um, at two o'clock on Sunday, well, today, mm. um, then they would have forfeited it and we would have got three points in the quote-unquote walkover. Um, but, yeah, Coventry will have got a heavy fine purely for postponing a fixture uh, that was deemed playable at the start of the season. Um but with, with the whole backstop thing, it's like, yeah, the EFL took some responsibility for it, but Wasp must have assured Coventry that it would be ready or else they would have applied to the EFL to reverse the fixture or et cetera, et cetera. So the ground staff who work under Wasps must have had some sort of assurance given to Coventry that the pitch would be ready or else we wouldn't have left it so late. Um, mm. But see, this is the issue when you ground share. Now, this is the issue when yeah. you're a football club that don't own your own stadium. And it's not a dig at Coventry or anything, because a few clubs are like that. But you always, you're always depending on somebody else, and it's not in your hands how the pitch is. And mm. unfortunately, Coventry's just been done over by it. And they'll have been punished financially on an already tight budget, like the uh, the Coventry podcast said that they're on. So cool. I, I actually feel so, sorry for Coventry to be put in this situation. You know, like with us, we've had experiences with uh, with drainage and the weather calling games off. With Coventry, it's effectively somebody else's fault that they can't mm. play their football, which is a real shame for both their club and the fans. So I, I, my sympathy goes to them more than anything. Yeah. Right, we've experienced it, Ben. We've been there at Don Valley when you two ruined half a pitch and it genuinely took two and a half seasons to repair the problems. Now, you've got to question why it took so long, but at the same time, we had so many games called off that season because the pitch was just knackered and it was just dead grass for six months. They could have the same problem. If they don't relay it in as soon as possible, they, they're going to have the same problems for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously they've got 23 home games in a year. Uh, I'm guessing the next one is in two weeks. I, don't I think know. they're meant to play in a cup this week at home. The, well, the, their next well, game is Bristol City at home on Tuesday. If their next... Three home games get postponed. Whose fault is it? Who do Coventry then get the fine? Yeah, unfortunately, they should they should? Off. Yeah, that, it, it, it's it's just it's just, <laughs> it, it just it's just awful, isn't it? It's just a bad situation. Um, yeah, it's just a bad situation for them to be in an unlucky situation. But this, like you said, this is what happens when you don't own your own stadium. Um, mm. And that's not a dig, because like Danny said, there's a couple of clubs like it, but that does co- it does come with problems. It, it's, it's also what happens when you have rugby players on your football pitch. Yeah. You know, mm. and that that's that, that, that the two don't mix. Um, they just don't don't mix. Well, it's not just rugby, is it? I mean, do you remember them, them years ago when NFL played at Wembley and then England played at Wembley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, it just it was just ruined. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just one of those things. But John Morell says the only ones that are happy is Wasps and the and the owners of the stadium. They got paid a wedge for hosting the tournament. Yeah, they get paid a couple of million for redoing. I think the entrance to the stadium, uh, and then for the pleasure of hosting as well. So Wasps will be buzzing. <laughs> yeah, they won't care. Will they? Don't care about Coventry. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking through some of the uh, wasp supporters tweets it, it, I, it would appear that things are not as they should be in, within that organization as well 
it looks like they're struggling financially. Well, um, I mean, the that's a story in itself, is isn't it? They're a, they're a yeah. London club. Wasps are a, yeah. well, it's London Wasps that, that's the club. So why are they playing in Coventry? They should be, I don't know, like at Chelsea's ground, for example. You know, yeah, they can't why, afford that, why though, a can London they? club? Yeah, that's a good point. Or, or at Brentford's before they signed with um, whichever club they share it with. It's a very puzzling situation, and it's led to Coventry leaving that ground, I think, twice already. Yes. And yeah. like, like I said in the article, they actually signed a 10-year agreement with Wasps where they'd put football first. Now, mm. within the space of those 10 years, yes, they've been selected to host the, the Commonwealth Games in around Birmingham. But if, like we've said before, if they'd have known there'd been an overlap, Surely someone from Watts would have said to Coventry, by the way, there's going to be an overlap if you, you need to sort out your first few home games whenever um, Callender gets released. But nothing's happened. So it's like, have Watts even told them? Have Coventry acted on it? Um, we don't know the inside out of everything. Like, but uh, it's just very, very puzzling. There's a lack of communication somewhere. And I think it's purely because Wasps don't like Coventry sharing the stadium but they have to share the stadium so Wasps have more money coming in. I think mm. that is the long and the short of it from, well, from an outside perspective anyway. That's what I think it is. Yeah, it seems like a mutual dislike um, from mm. Coventry and Wasps. Understandably as well, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, and I, wonder, I do wonder if this is maybe a bit of a power play that Coventry were assured that the pitch would be ready, knowing we all, we all know it wouldn't have been, even if it had, had been a bit better, it still wouldn't have been a good pitch. So I wonder if it's Coventry just sort of pushing back against Wasp to sort of say, right, you said we're going to ready, and this is a push against him. I don't know. That that wouldn't surprise me, though. Mm. It were never going to be ready, let's be fair. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's I mean. never... I say, it's rugby. It's just... It's a different sport completely. It's going to tear the field up. It's just... Yeah. If Coventry are, like you said, if Coventry are, you know, oh, they said it's ready... Um. They said it's ready, so we think it's going to be ready. Then they then they deserve that fine because they should know that it's not going to be ready. They should use some sort of their brain to realise that it's not going to be ready. Anyone with half a brain will realise it's not going to be ready. Up, up to standard of day one of a season. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's never up to standard of walking on. It, you know what I mean? Rugby pitches after use are it, not not nice fields. And after 67 games or 60 games plus. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that many is. Wow. wow. I, I, f- I feel sorry for Mark Robbins, me. The first time he mm. saw the pitch was on Friday. I bet you he blew his top when he saw mm. how bad that pitch was. Yeah. But again, why, why is the football club only seen it on Friday, 48 mm. hours before the pitch is actually played? Why is that the first look they've got at it? Yeah. <laughs> this goes back to the miscommunication thing. But anyway, I hope it's sorted still for him. Yeah. Uh, Nandi says Coventry have a meeting on Monday. They they were probably asking for compensation, according to their chief exec. Rotherham weren't mentioned. It seems because we don't play on the floor, it doesn't concern us. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see something done. There should be some sort of compensation package for fans that have. Pre- I assume there will be refunds. There normally is for these type of things. Uh, for tickets. Uh, will there be other stuff? Don't know. I hope, but I do not hold my breath uh, on that situation. In terms of the re, uh, rearrangement of the games, there are only three spare midweeks between now and the start of the World Cup because um, you've got to take in the League Cup 
the midweek games and the international break that's the end of September as well. Um, so we're already already on a pretty tight schedule to fit these games oh, in. It's like, it's having like had the one game all over again. <laughs> oh, just, no. Yeah, it, it was already it's already a tight season. Um, and the last thing we needed then, after the two seasons, because last season, last season were also congested. The last thing we needed was just to have to, have to rearrange the first away game of the season. It's just a, it's just a headache we just really didn't need in this season. Well, well, it's not that bad. It's well, not it that is. Bad, is it? We, we've we've now lost a rest week during the season. Okay. Right, okay, we've done that two. Like you said we've done that two years in a row. What's the difference? I mean, if we, I mean, we, one of them sent us down, so what, that's that. what. Yeah, but what we did, it didn't send us down. Paul officiating and playing poorly sent us down. Uh, the one where in COVID, playing thirty games we can in play, like twenty days, but yeah, where we can yeah. get through that. We did that. So what's one? It's midweek. They're sounding like Jurgen Klopp. Oh, we can't play two games in a week. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's ninety minutes of football. People can play 90 minutes of football twice in a week. It's not going to kill them. I know sports scientists will be, God, they'll be dying over this, won't they? But you can play two games in a week. You can. But mm, you shouldn't you have to do it for the entirety of the season. So what? Who cares? It's two games of football. If you can't do it, then I wouldn't fit on you. What's all this technology that you're spending loads on these? We're going around this again. Rooms? It's not that they can't <laughs> do it. It's that they can't play it 100% if they're playing so much. That's the problem. Can if you want, and we, and we have it's not like we've got a massive squad that we can lean back on, uh, is, is my point. Make any more sense? Listen, 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 listen. There are other sports such as basketball, and I know that's only uh, 60 minutes, I think. 60 minutes, 48 minutes, I think it's 48 minutes. That's only 48 minutes, but sometimes so they play the back to back. Sometimes they have four games in a week. Well, that means it's half the time, that makes sense, but back to back. The, the the adrenaline of game day, even anyway. if you don't play, is tiring. So we can play two games a week, Dante Quest. We can, yeah, we shouldn't have if to. Not, if not, we would get Mick to get his boots, get in there. I think, in basket, I think in basketball, they're not running two kilometres over a football pitch, though, are they? No, but they, like, play, off, like... they, play, they play attack and defence. So it is a hard... It is, so... it is better. It's more... Oh. It's more... Uh, it's, so, cause it's so condensed. It is yeah, so, the, the, uh, the, the distances mm. and sprints. Are, I don't know, but I would imagine their stats are less running length tight, length yeah, wise. But the, and the less point is, you can wise. play two games of football. With basketball, it's more, it's more explosive speed rather than endurance. And like, like you say, if you play two games in a week, Ollie Rafford, for example, could be running four kilometers in a week, like with two days recovery between games, which is insane for anybody. I think, apart from marathon runners. More than four kilometers. But, yeah, but, but it's like you said, for, for now, it's one game, so we shouldn't really stress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but if we get another three called off before the World Cup, then we're potentially getting in the realm of being in trouble. You know, it's unlikely that that's going to happen, though, ain't it? Let's be fair. This I mean, I'm not saying. It, yeah, well, it was, it was, but I mean, somebody could have seen this coming, and I think probably most of us could have seen it coming if we'd known the known the circumstances of the lead up to it. Um, but pre-World Cup we're not looking at usually I don't want to tempt it obviously usually though we're not looking at postponements until you start getting to February January time is, is when they generally start to come in so it's one game like uh, like we said we can fit it in that's not an issue that is not the issue ultimately 
Um, the issue is why, isn't it? And, and who's going to be compensated for it for all the money that's been spent by by supporters of both clubs, probably. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, Nicholas Gore on the on the alternative theory says we didn't uh, need it, but it gives us a chance to get some players closer who are out for injury, and the respect that works in our favour. Yemek, Tom Eves mm. um, is much closer to fitness than than he would have been, so he mm-hmm. misses one less game. Uh, so from that point of view, are we going to get any other injuries? Uh, just Tommy leaves into out. And JJ, obviously, as JJ. well. Yeah, so two strikers um, that are missing mix. So from that point of view, it's good, but it also gives commentary time to get their couple of injured players fit as well. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> There's no else you can say on that, is there really? <laughs> no. You know, we might have another couple of players into the door by then as well, so... You know, whatever, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's all to cover. We've done 27 minutes on a pitch, to be honest with you. I'm quite impressed with that. Uh, anything else <laughs> you want to cover on the pitch? It's more than Rotherham did. Way! Very good. Uh, anything else? Any knock on effects? Anything else we want to cover from the game itself, That from the game that should have happened itself? I think we've covered most of it. Is there anything else we have missed that we want to talk about from it? I suppose we could talk about just, I mean, there's obviously some other results in Championship which I found quite amusing. Well, one one in particular I found very amusing with the um, Swansea game. <laughs> <laughs> it just, um, just made, me, made me laugh. Something cruel because that was just... Have you I seen mean, Russell Martin afterwards? Uh, no, I haven't. Please tell me that he said that they were the better team and should have won. I'll see if I can find an article for you, some quotes. It's basically <laughs> it's basically kicking off saying that they the way they play was the right way to play and it's essentially not their fault. Um they lost yeah. three nil, didn't they? They lost three nil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh if anybody's not seen a Blackburn Rovers, I think it's from their TikTok. Uh, Swans Swansea put out in the week about Russell Martin did a speech about if you keep, if you do what this out of, it'll force force the opposition to do something, and over that they played the first goal that Blackburn scored, and then he also said that if you keep Russell Martin again says something like if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to force them to run, force them to run, and at the end they're not going to run anymore, and over that they just played the second two goals, the second and third <laughs> goals. Uh, it's yeah, really good. I'll tell you what, TikTok's the future of football. The, the amount of comedy stuff that's on that is exceptional. I mean, to give him the due, Swansea posted something about Ben Wiles falling over his own feet and then it leading to the goal, mm. which was actually quite funny. But I'm telling right, Sam, Sam Todd, if you're watching, get on TikTok and start posting funny stuff because <laughs> Robin's TikTok will explode. I'm telling you, mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> I can't find an article now. If anybody finds it, it's, it's very funny. Basically, he's complaining that. Blackburn Rovers were critical of the way that his team played, the passing style, the, the possession style. Um, he, he didn't like that somebody else didn't like his style, basically. Um, well, I, it's going to be a bit of a problem for him, that, isn't it? Because if they yeah. keep getting results like they've got, then uh, he's going to have about 16,000 Swansea fans not liking his style and all. Yeah, they all left on mass, didn't they, as well, which were quite funny, um, <laughs> well before the end of the game. We've nothing against Swansea. I just don't like his he's arrogant. I don't like people who say that they know best and everybody else's way is the wrong way of doing it, which is essentially what he does say. Um yeah, are you saying you don't like me then? <laughs> what, what way is that? What way is your best way? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my I just say I'm right about referees and everything and 
and uh, everybody else right. that thinks differently is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. I suppose. Fair um, <laughs> yeah, there'll not be a job by December if he keeps going where he's going. Well, me or him? <laughs> well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> uh, I watched half. I watched the first half of the Reading against Cardiff game preparation for next week. Um, and neither of those teams know how to defend. Is the, is the only thing I noticed. Oh, good. Uh, it was two on before <laughs> half time, and they were both terrible. They were both so bad. I know Reading ended up winning two one, but it was just two very, 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 very poor teams. Um, and I think that's what we're going to get, Danny. I mean, I, I, we're biased because we're Rotherham United supporters, but I've not watched a championship game this season. All right, we, I haven't watched 25, but I haven't watched the, one of them and thought, you know what, they're a very good team then. It's been quite a poor start, I think, for each team that I've seen anyway. Um, I, I think it's just been an average start, really. There's been nothing really exceptional from anybody, like you say. Um, and there have been a few odd results as well, like, you know, one team beating somebody else that they didn't quite expect, you know. To, to be perfectly honest, I didn't expect Sunderland to win at the weekend, yeah. but they've managed to pull it out of the bag. And it does make you think, if Sunderland can pull off those sort of things where they've not improved massively on last season, um, it's like, where will we be? You know, like I say with Reading, if the... If the uh, a little bit shambolic's a bit strong but uncoordinated at the back. We can exploit that because we press teams into oblivion and we don't stop running for 90 minutes, mm. which made it doubly funny about what Russell Martin said about forcing him to run. So, what happens when the other team just keeps running? You know, then you're a bit yeah. stuck, aren't you? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, um, it definitely builds the, uh, the anticipation for the Reading game because now that you've said that, it's a bit. We could exploit them a little bit if we say if we stay solid at the back like we did against Swansea, then we could be in dreamland, or we could lose three 0 because the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Just a normal championship season, then, Danny. <laughs> basically, for us. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's been. A, I'm you know, picked up four points. Nobody expected that, did they? Uh, from two games, so uh, I'm sure John did. <laughs> I'm sure he although, did. Although, although, sure can I can I just say right? Can I just say, Rod Rotherham have more points than Man United this season after one game. That's crazy. Just justice. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Moving on. Moving <laughs> forward. We're going to look ahead to the Carabao Cup first round uh, against Port Vale. Um. Ben, thoughts on it? I always see this game as a bit of a almost a glorified preseason friendly. It'd be nice to get through the second round and maybe get a big tie at home. But at the end of the day, if we lost on Wednesday, I wouldn't be shedding a tear over it. No, but you still want to win. Uh, yeah. it's Carabao, is it? Is that what it's called yes. this year? Carabao. Um, Carabao yeah. We're never going to win it. I know we're not going to win it, but it'd be nice to upset some people. I know, obviously, beating Port Vale is not going to upset someone, but we beat Port, Port Vale, Vale and we get, you know, except Port Vale. But we, we beat Port Vale and, you know, I know Premier League, Premier League teams win it second round, right? Some of the non-European ones. Yeah, though. non-European ones. Non-European ones. So it'd be nice to get a Brighton or someone like that and upset them. You know, teams like Rotherham or, you know, someone like that. Really, someone who think they're very good and they, you know, mm. one of the biggest clubs. Leeds, getting Leeds would be nice and beating them. 
Um, yeah. It'd be just be a nice to kind of ruffle some feathers. But yeah, he's friendly in it, essentially. Still want to win yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Mick, I assume you're the same. I assume you're less enthusiastic than Ben, which would be difficult, but I think you might be. Yeah, I am. I am. It's, it is a pre-season friendly, essentially. Um, and, and it's time to... It's, it gives us the opportunity, particularly after today or Sunday being uh, postponed, to get some match match time into players. We, what we could really do without is a two-week break between the first game of the season mm. and the second game. So yeah. that might now impact on, on the way Warney uh, sets his team up on, on Wednesday night. Uh, we might see a lot more first-choice players... Um, getting a run out just just to get some uh, get some more time in the legs. But as, as far as the game itself goes, I, I think probably I would think for the vast majority of supporters of probably the vast majority of clubs, it's it's a it's a nonsense competition, really, isn't it? It's it's kind of the the, the sort of Premier League Championship version of the Papa John's. Mm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really. Mm float many people's boats and, and, and going away to Port Vale on a Wednesday night certainly does not float mine. No. I like the League Cup. I, 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 like, I like when the first first round's at home because you get to see more new players. Um, the fact it's away from home and it's so far away from home on a Wednesday night and I don't even think it's going to be an eye follow as far as I can tell. So nobody's going to be able to watch it realistically. It's a bit of a shame. <laughs> um, Danny, can you find any enthusiasm from your camp? <laughs> um, I'll try. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Nick. Really, I think if um, if we'd uh, if we'd played today, I think we would have played more fringe players on Wednesday. Mm. But now that we haven't had a game, potentially more first teamers will come into it. Um, potentially, we won't see Richard Woods. I think we'll rest him for Saturday, yeah. um, which I think was going to be always going to be the plan, to be honest. But we'll probably see more from Kevin Bramall, Peter Kioso. Um, and possibly Georgie Kelly as well, and probably give a debut to uh, to Scott High as well in the midfield. True. Um, maybe uh, the the old centre uh, the older centre back whose name I cannot remember. Uh, Peltier, Peltier. Yep. Yeah. Peltier. Yeah. Yep. Good. Um. Yeah. Probably give a start to him as well. See how he gets on. Um. Yeah. Just just try and see what our options are. I think more than anything. Um, but yeah, like, like like you say, I hope we beat Port Vale and possibly ruffle a feather or two in the next round. Fingers crossed. Anyway, yeah, uh, a couple of stat information for you. It's only our second ever meeting in the competition against Port Vale. The last time was in two thousand and five when we won three one at Millmore, uh, and that was from an own goal. Dion Burton and John Otsemabor. I think he's only goal for the club. John Otsemabor. I could be wrong. He didn't play for very very, very long, did he? No, um, uh, but yeah, uh, that was that one. And the la- a sort of mini start that goes in our favour is that Port Vale haven't won a League Cup game at Vale Park since 2015. So, you know, this is the information. This is the what we're going for. Go on, Mick. Go on, put your complaint <laughs> in. <laughs> Why does it go in our favour, that? Well, they haven't won at home. So yeah, how many have they played, though? One. I mean, it's not uh, the same team. Three, three or four. About, about half of the season. Three. They if they play three... Right, and they've lost all three. That's not that big a deal. That's a that's a still, a, still factual, a, a misleading so, stat, just like every other stat. It's factual. Yes, but it's also misleading. <laughs> it's not misleading, is it? It is misleading. 
That was the last time they won at home in the League Cup. Uh, we haven't won at Millmore in 10 years. It's bad, that, isn't it? We don't play there. That's, more than, also, more that's, than a, that. fact. that's a fact. That's Much a fact, that. but that's a misleading fact. Yeah, but you wouldn't bring that stat up unless we were going to play at Millmore again. Yeah, but if we were going to play, play a, a, you know, like a, a tribute game, a tribute game to John Birkin or whatever at Millmore, you could say we haven't won in, uh, in 15 years at Millmore. It's bad that, that is it? very true. Yeah, yeah but I'm bad not going to do stats yeah. for a friendly game. Mm. Well, all right, we were playing in a league game then. <laughs> oh, Ben. Um, yeah, I think we've lost in the last two first round league cup. We lost Akron last yeah. season um, and the year before. I can't remember actually, but I did write it down somewhere. It's gone. I think Ben's onto something there, you know. Go on. You see, if Coventry had kept Highfield Road like we've kept Millmore, they could have just <laughs> moved it to Highfield Road because we've got a spare ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Just wasn't, there, wasn't there a new ground built to replace Highfield Road as well? That's a bit unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. When it was first built, it, it was going to be meant to be this major high-tech stadium where what was going to, what happened was, the plan was that the stadium, the, the pitch in the stadium, what was the Rico, would be able to drop down and come outside the stadium for it to basically be better, so it could, it could be looked after better, so it's not in the confined space. Um, that didn't happen. Had that happened, had they done that, then the game may have been played. So I thought you were going to say they were going to have a photocopier on every level or something. Photocopier on every turnstile. <laughs> and that's how right, we're going to be high tech. No, no we're, 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 we're going to be this big fans. They were in Premier League at the time, weren't they, when they, moved, when yeah, they planned yeah. to move out, so... Um, yeah, it, didn't, it hasn't planned out since since they announced the stadium. It's not worked out very well for Coventry, unfortunately, for them. Mm. Um, so let's go through some what we think the change may be, or we all think there's going to be some changes. Uh, ben, would you expect to see the cup keeper tradition continue? So we'd probably expect to see for Josh Vickers get a start? Uh, no. no, because the problem with doing that is if you do that and he plays phenomenal, then you've got to start Vickers when that's just unfair to Johansson. That's just unfair. Well, that did happen in the Cup QPR in January. But let's say, let's say Vickers has an amazing game, right? And then gets in the league and then we don't play another Cup game till after Christmas. I mean, Johansson's out of team for nothing till after Christmas. No, I'd yeah, be, I'd but, be, the, but, the, but the alternative argument would be is that you've got a very good keeper on the bench not getting minutes in a game, but, and, and it's a game that is not priority. We should have won't start in job in training then, shouldn't <laughs> Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Mick? Uh, I'd put Vickers in goal. I, I expect to see Josh Vickers in goal get some match time. Uh, that seems to be what Warren has done over the last few seasons is um, when it comes to the sort of certainly preliminary rounds of cup competitions, um, he's, he's swapped over the keepers. I, 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 I anticipate he'll do the same this time. Yeah. Danny, anything change? Do you agree with Mick or Ben? Um, I agree with Mick, to be fair. I think um, now that Mick has come back, from his from his injury, which is the thing that kept him out of the pot for Jones. Um, I think we're gonna play Vickers, get him some proper minutes, 
Um, and I, I, he's, um, I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm going to go off a tangent then and say he played against Port Vale, but that way Victor won it, so that's out the window. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I think we'll, we'll start Vicky, he's getting some minutes, getting match experience in for this season. If he does well and he starts league games, that's no bother to me because we've got two class keepers who are at, who are who are who are ours, should I say. Mm. And we don't have to fulfil appearance quotas or anything like that. So if Vickers does well and we start playing him in the league, Victor's not going to go off in a soul. Victor will just support him and then vice versa. Mm. Um so yeah I'm not too close to start, but probably with Vickers. Yeah. I think you're probably right. I would just see a defence, Mick. Uh, sure, because we're, we're, we're going to assume Woody's not going to play just because it's too get two day gap mm. on Saturday, and we know you've got to you've got to manage Woody. Um, would you expect to see maybe Grant Hall take the centre or centre stage of the, of the back three? Yeah, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? I don't know whether what Pelty is um, mm. preferred side is to be honest with you. Whether he's got one or whether he would fit in the centre. To me, Grant Hall. Looks like the type of player that would fit better in the centre of a of a back three, mm. rather than to one side of it. So, um, yeah, I could see Peltier and Hall playing, uh, and possibly even McCart as well, mm. um, just to get them all some time, some game time. Why not? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'd be quite excited to see McCart play. Uh, mm. I don't know why, but I, I, they would. Harvey Kelwick says he would go McCart Hall Peltier, as you just said, Mick. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, going to be a popular one. Uh, midfield, Ben. This is where you sort of look at things and how much are you going to change, really? Because obviously we've got we've got the standard midfielders we played last time out, but they were playing two days later, um, so you don't want to play full ninety minutes in the engine before a Reading, which is going to be a really, really, really important game. Do you play a Dolphin? Do you play one at Kids? Do you is this Scott I going to make his debut for you? What what do you reckon? In terms of what would be a midfield three, how 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 much would it change? I just I'd play who's not going to play on Saturday. Um, I just play who's not going to play on Saturday because I, the thing is with the midfield, it's not like we've got someone in that midfield where if they started on Saturday, you'd be like, oh god, I don't want him to start. Do you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. all capable of starting. So for me, if you play who's not, if you play. On Wednesday, who's not going to play on Saturday? That's not like too much. That's not going to affect you on Wednesday because them starters on Wednesday are still good enough to be starting on Saturday. Do you know what mm. I mean? So yeah. I just play where, who's, whoever's not going to start. Okay, thanks for giving me all those names. That were uh, helpful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we may even see a first start, Danny, for Georgie Kelly. Uh, if Gosh Washington is probably mm. going to play Saturday, he may get his first uh, professional start for the club. Yeah, potentially. And I think there's no better time to do it than in a cup game for him. Mm-hmm. Um, which would have probably been the plan if he hadn't been injured uh, when he first well, when he picked up an injury when he first arrived. I think he would have probably made his debut in a Papa John's fixture. Um but yeah, I would I'd start him Wednesday. Um and just to branch off from what Ben said, actually add some names to the argument. <laughs> um probably give Scott High his debut for the Millers. Potentially take Lindsay out and bring Rathbun in because he's back from injury now. Um, maybe not a Dolphin because he's still nursing a little injury, so we might not risk him for the time being. Um, and then potentially 
have Wales in there as well, depending on what formation we decide to play. Mm. Yeah, Wales seems like one of those that could could do those two games in a few days or in our our Wednesday. Um, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Gamor says, is Bowler fit? As far as I know, Bowler is fit. Um, I think I think we're looking at looking to loan him out, but this might be a good time for him to get a few minutes on the belt to sort of put himself in the loan window, potentially. Um, in terms of who could start for us, we, we, let's, talk, let's talk about the transfer uh, news, which sort of cropped up on Friday after we finished with record on Thursday. Uh, the striker that Paul Warren is Paul Warren's priority, Mick, has essentially is happy to come to the club. Um, this this is not just the finances haven't been agreed is basically what's happened, uh, but he wants to come to Rotherham. It's a bit, a bit more complicated than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. Um, I, I assumed it would be all sort of done and dusted, and when he says yes, sign on dot line, but it's a good sign that he wants to come. And hopefully we can get this over the line. If it is as Flesher, this would be good to give him half an hour at the end of the game, something like getting minutes under the belt. I understood it with a Premier League striker that um, that we're talking about here, um, oh, or sorry. from a Premier League club. That was my understanding. Um, but yeah, whatever. Let's just try and get it done. Um, but I'll tell you now, if finances are going to be an issue, whoever the loaning club is. Unless they unless they agree to our terms, he won't be coming, um, yeah. and rightly so as well. Frankly, uh, if it is him, he's at Watford, isn't he? Yes. Um, so you know, <laughs> if they don't agree with it, that's fine. We'll we'll move on. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, it, it's positive that the player wants to come to us. Mm. Um, so so we'll just wait and see. Let's let's see how it all pans out. You never mm. know. You never know. We might be a Rotherham United player by Saturday. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I haven't seen any other names linked with us to him, so he could just be the one that comes through the door. Um, that's Witten's. Who knows? Uh, yeah, let's do a couple of predictions for the, for the Port Vale game just to annoy Mick. Um, <laughs> oh, cheers. Mick, you, you still are on, technically on 100% still, production wise. Um, yeah, because the first one right, and there was no second game. Yeah, yeah. so um, so there's no technically about it. Then I am on hundred percent. Yeah, but if you want to go by Ben's thing about stats not being fully reflected but, the situation, do you remember? I just want to say you didn't predict it as well as I predicted the first game of two seasons. Two seasons. Uh, we're, we're still season. going on with that. Always that on. was yeah, because that was <laughs> you couldn't. That, that was perfect. It was a perfect it was a, prediction, it that's perfect. why. I can't remember this again. You it said either Icky or Robertson Icky, would score. Icky, Robertson. <laughs> yeah, Tyrone Edda at back team. That's what happened. That's what happened. You can't. You I'm don't, you don't get 100% take. I'm not having it. Have it. Do not that, get 100% that, take. That will never be beaten. That will never be beaten. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, you don't get 100%, I'm afraid. You don't get 100%. You get very, very well done, but you don't get 100% because you're hedged. Well, um, I'll take it in my book that I will never be beaten. Okay, moving on. Ben, what is the score going to be on Wednesday night at Port Vale? 2-0, Rotherham. 2-0, the Millers. Okay, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 as well. 2-0, okay. Rotherham. Danny, you're going to go 2-0? Um, no, I'm going to go 3-1. 
to Rotherham. Stole mine. But Ben, I, I think I might have something that beat that beats that prediction that you're on about. Um, because jo- during the vlog, I predict you know, with absolute accuracy how Rotherham were going to score like 10 minutes before they actually did it. Because Harding got a long throw and I and I said, Harding long throw, Chio gets on it and we're 1-0 up. 10 minutes later, he does exactly what I said. So that, that's my personal blue tick for this week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. You've been topped. Uh, comments. Uh, Harvey Kelvick with predictions. Harvey Kelvick 2-0. I'm a player 1-1. Kelvick's 3-0. Nicholas Skidmore says 2-1 and Poundmed UK says 3-0. Poundmed UK also says on the positives, we are also still outside the relegation zone uh, with uh, with mostly playing two games. That's positive. Uh, Ben's laughing at that one as well. Um, I'll tell you what, take that, take that at 44 games, wouldn't you? Outside relegation well, zone with a game in hand. Yeah, because if we're going to play three games in that final week, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. As long as, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not Friday before the last game of the season, yeah. <laughs> uh, and John Morell says on your predictions, Ben, even the broken clock is right twice a day. And that's right. Always guaranteed to get one. Right, <laughs> that's right. Good. Fair enough. I've never heard that. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. I don't understand Ben's. What has heard has heard. That's a very anyway. I haven't, I haven't heard that. Uh, I haven't heard that before. I know what it means, but I, I haven't heard anyone say that to me before. Okay. First. What do you understand about that? Did I say it in another language or something? I'm just surprised <laughs> that nobody's ever said that to me before. Oh right. Okay. That's me. That's me. Shock. We are. You are still fairly young, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Danny, any other, any other names for transfers? Uh, I've not seen any other names linked with us. It's uh, everything seems to be on this striker. I think I've done it. Yeah, it does. Uh, the one rumor that's cropped up that I thought was a little bit odd was that Bournemouth were exploring bringing in a, a backup keeper, and the rumor was that they put a bid in for Josh Vickers, which I thought was very odd. Um, no. But apparently, there's no there's no truth in it, and it was just pure speculation or at least it was on a list somewhere um, yeah. and that's the only thing I've seen this week really other than that it's gone very quiet we're probably still exploring the striker which seems to be moving along nicely and um, a, um, a midfielder that we that us at the podcast know the name of but we aren't allowed to disclose for, for reasons um, but one thing that has cropped up is we've got a young Scottish goalkeeper on trial mm. in training at the minute. Now, in my travels at Roundwood, round hole 15, I thought it was the youth keeper that they promoted up to the first team. Turns out it isn't. The young lad from Scotland that we've got on trial and from how he's been performing with Victor and Vickers, he's been doing very well. <clears throat> but he needs to keep up the tradition of having his initials be J and V. Because we've got Victor Johansson, Josh Vickers, we need J and V in his name. I'm just saying, or else it breaks the system. More importantly, does he have a beard? Because that's also very important. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I'll I'll have a look this week and I'll get back to you. (laughs) Well, if you come from Scotland, his first name is bound to be Jock anyway, isn't it? So, Hmm. yeah. 
don't know whether I can say that or not, actually. <laughs> we might have to edit that out. <laughs> oh, dear. We're in okay. trouble again. I don't know that one. Sorry. Okay. I'd... Okay. Uh, anything else? Any more for any more news, Rotherham talk, semi-related Rotherham stuff, or have we? You were going to tell us who the referee was on the, is on, oh. the, on Wednesday night. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's Bobby Madley. Oh. oh. But here is a, a correction and clarification. Do you know on the first day of the season when Lee Tomlin got sent off? Yeah. That was yeah. Bobby Madley. Really? Yeah, it wasn't Darren Drysdale, oh, Bobby Madley, who was okay. the referee. So, soften the blow. Uh, you've softened the blow there, haven't we? So, maybe you just had an off night on that mm. Wickham, Wickham night. Oddly, mm. in the summer, they advertised or told everybody that Bobby Madley had been promoted, hadn't he? He'd been promoted to the Select Group Two, or whatever it's called, mm. which I thought maybe would mm. be now he's a Championship referee. But obviously, he's referee Donny in League Two, and he's now got stuck wheels at Port Vale. Uh, so I wonder if he's again. This is not really might not be uh, exciting information for everyone that's listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that that just struck me as a bit strange to be honest with you. Don't mm. um, mm. so, no. He last refereed against yeah. Sunderland, didn't he? He did refereed against Sunderland, and I don't think he did. He didn't, he didn't do too bad. I don't think. Um, there, there's there a lot of other referees that would have been here and there, but. Yeah, but I imagine how many other referees would have completely bottled it in front of that many fans. We've seen it that before where there's true, a lot of fans yeah. and it was fairly strong on that point of view. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, on the shocking news of the night, John Morell says, Gavin Ward had a good night of refereeing <laughs> the Birmingham game on Friday. Um, well, uh, listen, if, if neither goalkeeper ended up in a and he's had a good night, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I shall still be in his ribs when he comes down to New York. Don't worry about that. Make no mistake. <laughs> I've not seen him in person since um, since that Barnsley game. So he's, uh, he's still I'm got sure some victory. You didn't see him again as well. Yeah. You didn't see him in person at <laughs> Barnsley game either. No, I haven't. That's what I said. That's what I meant. Okay. Since since that point, he's not refereed one of our games that we've been to. Yeah, but you didn't see him. At I saw that game. I saw him in person at Ipswich, and I gave him what for from about six. Good man. Away, well done. Count, if Please, that thank you. <laughs> um, I, I I am I have to say I am definitely one to hold a grudge. <laughs> Be under no illusion. I am definitely one to hold a grudge. I, I'm wait, I'm waiting to bump into Michael Massey. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say anything in particular, uh, Mick. Yeah, just, just, just stuff. <laughs> um, there we go. Final, final call for anything else. Uh, do you want to talk about? Have a, have a quick two minutes on the Premier League, yeah, the greatest okay. league in the world. Mm. No, I'm not going to talk about it because I, I sort of enjoyed some of the goals, but. Uh, right, yeah, just just the, yeah, the, no, the, really. the, the referee edict of oh, contact is allowed. Oh, well, <laughs> except in Premier League, um, where it's not still. Um, I don't know. Well, it's not, is it? It's just uh, we, we, there's nothing changed in terms of the standard of refereeing within within there. Um, I, I'll give you the Liverpool penalty, the Fulham penalty, for example. I missed uh, that. 
Have you not seen the um, oh. the Wolves Leeds game today? Yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was it? I, yeah. I just, I've only seen the I've only seen the Wolves play going down. It's, yeah, it's, you, you, that that is terrible. But you, you, have you also not seen where the Wolves goalkeeper absolutely cleans out? Yes. A Leeds player, and that's yeah. not giving a penalty. Uh, not giving a penalty, yeah. which is a bit of a shocker. And, and, yeah. and yet Mitrovic trips over his own bootlace, isn't that his? Yeah, so yeah. Um, listen, anyway. the system still works. Everything's the same. <laughs> works is maybe <laughs> an interesting word to use. Um, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Please do subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. On iTunes, Spotify, make sure you subscribe on there. Give us a five-star rating, whatever it allows you to do so. We will be back on Thursday where we will be looking back at what we can on the Port Vale game, whatever happens with that one, and looking ahead to the Reading game, which is early days, which looks like it could be quite a big game for both team seasons, potentially. Um, so, yeah, thank you very, very much for being involved. Ben, uh, we had a mini-argument this time, so that's sort of improvement from last time, isn't it? <laughs> Other than criticising all my stats, it's, it's gone quite well, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mick, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, whatever. Um, and Danny, for anybody who's not watching on YouTube, you've got slowly darker where you are as the, as the episode's gone on. As, as the daylight has faded from the world, uh, you, you have got slowly <laughs> darker in that picture. Is he still there? It's like my soul. It's slowly going ever darker. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's it's been a pleasure. Sorry if there's been a little bit of delay with me answering questions. I'm on data because I'm at my granddad's at the minute and not at home in my little studio. Well, I'll say studio, it's the dining room with a bit of a flag behind me and that's it. Um, but yeah, I'm still here. So that's yeah, well, happened now, but I'm still here. <laughs> it, you, you might not understand this, Danny, but so, so people of a certain age are listening, Mike, uh, that you look... Like you're about to put on some joy division and start and start to cry <laughs> from where from the image I can see at the moment. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Bro, uh, let's end uh, yeah. this podcast quickly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for being involved, and we'll see you again on Thursday. Thank you very much. Rebel, vicious, but brilliant. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.